Welcome to episode 1. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Tale of Mankind show episode 1. My name is Aniket Gupta. I am the founder of the Tale of Mankind SDGs and Human Rights. This campaign is to promote the education of human rights and the global goals to school children because they are the future and it becomes our duty to amplify their voices and empower them to become young change makers because young people has the power to change the world. In this show we have someone really special. She's Brown Joyce, our guest in episode 1. She's an entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of Education Elevators that is empowering educators to be innovators and students to be change makers of the world. Hi ma'am, I welcome you to my show. Welcome. And hello to everybody who's listening out there. So how was your day going so far? Then it's evening here in Australia at the moment so um and just to everybody out there who is um battling the the coronavirus and in isolation at, at the moment yeah. um we send safe messages to to everybody and um we need to realize that this will be over before long and we can all gather together and um continue our journey yes that's right so i know much about you but do you mind sharing something about yourself to our listeners so currently um this year i am out of the classroom so i've been a teacher for the last 17 years uh teaching students uh in the primary school years I'm now the CEO of Education Elevators and uh I work with educators all over the world to bring the SDGs into classrooms through innovative tools such as a uh, Flipgrid, Beluga and using uh tools also to be creative such as um Buncy. And so I'm also lecturing at the local university here working with students in digital technology and also in the area of teaching and and learning. So uh the greatest outcome for me this year will be in September I will host the world's first global summit for future ready learning right here in Australia where we will bring educators from all over the world in to discuss how we can achieve um the collaboration of the SDGs in classroom but also that we don't this problem doesn't occur again with uh people struggling with virtual classrooms so we will actually try and set an agenda uh to support schools around the world if we have this this occurrence again that's really really great my best wishes for the global summit and uh, moving to our next question you have told about ogc our global classroom can you please elaborate it some more 
100%. So our OGC stands for our global classroom. And, and the mission uh, for that is that uh, I truly believe that we live in one big world and we should be learning in one classroom. So uh, our global classroom stands for a community of teachers and students so that we can all come together in whatever learning environment. So sometimes learning isn't just in a classroom. We have many learners out there that can't access formal classrooms. And so OGC is fighting to find ways that we can educate everybody in the world. Uh, and our, our mission at the moment is through, uh, we believe that telephones is, or the phone, cellular phones are the key to connecting the world. And so we look at the amazing Malalia who, who brought to us the, the analogy of one teacher, one pen, one paper. But yeah. if we look at the situation we're facing right here in the world at the moment, is that we need to actually have a connection, uh, a, a, a digital connection to be surviving right at this moment. We have schools shut down all over the world. And so OGC believes that it takes one phone, one connection, one learning experience. That's what will change the world. That's really a good work being done by our global classroom OGC and, and I really loved your analogy of one phone, one connection, one learning experience. That's a great thought. So I want to ask you the next, which is, do you think our education system, the one we have just now, serves the children, the skills, the minds, the type of the mindset they need to survive in 21st century? I think, I think the world is on a steep learning curve at the moment. And, and I think if we have a look at uh, the of what's happening around the world and the urgency uh, to try and uh, have students learning online. I think we can learn a lesson from this um, that we need to be doing better. We need to, to be actually really need for online learning, virtual classrooms, uh, connecting our classrooms uh, with other classes around, around the world. And, and the importance that technology really is um, a lighting, uh, you know, a, a light into into the education for the future. And, and we still need to be able to write and we still need to be able to read and do math. But I think as we prepare students for the future, we need to have students who are problem solvers, who are independent learners, who are able to uh, think outside the box critically and creatively. And, and that means that they're able to use uh, different styles of learning um, and technology is one of those styles of learning we really need to be encouraging students to use for the future. Yes, it was really a nice explanation by you. At least in India, I can say we are in a system like where a child is, the child's problem solving skills are not being developed. They are just made to learn, learn and learn. We are uh, producing well-learned minds, well-filled minds rather than well-formed minds. So uh, we'll talk over it a bit later. But my next question to you is about the teacher. 
in every profession nowadays if you will not upgrade your skill you will surely get failed at your job but uh, teaching is a job where teachers are not upgrading their skills they are not ready to even i will not blame the teachers but uh, they do not know the resources from where they can fulfill that purpose so can you please suggest some resources some online resources uh, from which they can do so and so it's a very good question you ask there and there's several answers that i can that i can give you there and so one one is around uh fear and so a lot of uh older teachers um and even new teachers into um the learning and teaching profession feel like they uh don't know how to use technology properly and then how do they then show the students how to use it the next thing is that um, um and leaders and principals of schools uh, are not putting enough money and emphasis on the need for for this type of learning because teachers need training they need to be trained in this area and i think we're now seeing as we have this global crisis at the moment the need for training in in this area in technology the other another reason is that we we hear a lot of is we don't have access to technology and this is where we go back to that phone again and where we say yes i can tell you now that right around the world we have even we have refugees we have uh, people in different communities but they have access to phones and so there is access to to technology that can be being used in classrooms and i think um you know i ha have a quick little story that that i'd like to share and that was of a friend of mine that teaches in a school in ghana and he he had no technology at all and i said to him that i could teach him how to use his phone now his students are now leading the world in global collaboration and it all started from him using his telephone his his mobile phone uh, his smartphone and he would video them he would use tools like Flipgrid, um, and these students now um, are leading the world and that's the only technology he had in his school was his phone so i think that um, we need to be more resourceful when we start thinking about uh, teaching in the 21st uh, century and stop using the excuse that we don't have the tools when we we have the tools right here in front of us that we can use yeah it's a really great insight and i would love to quote uh, a thought of vince gormon a renowned educationist be sure that in your education you are not creating just obedient citizen but rather unleashing creative and the powerful souls i i really get inspired by this quote sometimes so here comes my next question to you uh, when we uh, when the thought comes in our mind to infuse sdgs into education it's really great it's a great feeling but immediate next moment is but how we are going to do that we need some strategies and you have been teaching sdgs to your children since last 2 to 3 years so can you please share your insights your strategies which you have used in your classroom 
use it as an add-on, that it's another subject that we have to teach. The SDGs have to be part of everyday teaching. They need to be blended into, into the conversations that we're having in our classrooms. And so that's how I started my journey with the STGs. So if I was doing a literacy lesson, uh, I would have the students reading something about an, a big issue that was happening in the world. And it might be about a famine, or it might be about a, a natural disaster that's happened. And then we start looking back and we start applying that to the STGs. How can we uh, be supportive? What could what calls of action could we be doing to, to help others? And so really the, the first place uh, to get the STGs in is, is around having a conversation with, with your students. And I'm a big advocate that every classroom should have the SDGs hanging up in their classroom. So they should be visual in the classroom so that the students can be uh, referring to them. And so my students over the last few years, we would have them up in the classroom and we might, you know, I like to call them one minute lessons sometimes. And it might be a one minute lesson. It might be, tell me about one of the SDGs. And so we were referring to them every day in some way. And so I think that it is around, as I said, not use, everybody thinks it's an add-on. Oh, STGs is this new thing I have to teach. It's not. It is something that we should be talking about every day with our, with our students because we need our students to be the change makers of the world. And how can they make change if we're not addressing it, if we're not talking about it, and if they don't know what's actually happening around the world? Yes, it's 100% true. Uh, we often say young people has the power to change the world, but how will they change if they don't know what's happening around us? That's a great thought. So my next question is to throw your light on a quote posed by Nelson Mandela once. Young people must take it upon themselves to ensure they receive highest education possible so that they can represent us well in future as future leaders. So I think um, my a quote from me, um, my own quote is that um, education depicts the success of the future. So the more we know that if children stay in education, they become successful leaders in the future. And so I, I am in total agreement with what Nelson Mandela is saying. And, and I think it's so important that as educational leaders, we are encouraging students to be learning every single day and continuing to learn through their life. And staying in education is really important. And I believe that it doesn't matter where you are, and what type of classroom or learning environment you're in, that if you're learning every day, you are going to be a leader in this world. And so as teachers, we should be the defining role of our students. We should be the role models and we should be the ones that are encouraging them the year that they're in our classrooms, making it the best year we can make for them. And if every teacher did that, our kids would continue through education every year and they would be excited about learning and they would want to take on the challenges of the world. I got really great explanation from you on this quote and it's true when we will make the class student friendly then they will love that automatically. 
so my next question to you is that it is being trending in the world introducing technology into education but as you we know technology has its own boon and the bane so how can we ensure that it does not distract students from their learning okay so something something that is uh, um that i've really been talking heavily about in my university classroom that i my the students the the new teachers that are coming out that i'm teaching at the university is we students are tech savvy but they're not educationally tech savvy so kids know how to use uh, social media and scroll through um, iPads and phones, but they don't know how to use technology in an educationally way. And so I think that um, if phones, you know, and my state here in Australia have banned phones, so phones are not allowed to win in classrooms. But in my university classroom, we're using phones all the time, but we're using them in an educationally way. So I think that we need to be teaching the use, the correct use of technology. If we yeah. teach students to use it the correct way, then they will use it for future learning. If we allow students to be just tech savvy, then they're really going to leave high school with no, no skills on how to be able to cope in, in the big world. They need to be educationally tech savvy. And that, that is a big difference. There's a big difference between that. They need to be able to use tools that are going to be able to help them out in the future. And that is not Facebook and Instagram and, and um, Twitter. This is yeah. using technology tools that they actually will use in the work. Yeah, it's true. Everything comes upon education. Even my brother in US used to study on iPad in school and he's equally intelligent as well. So it depends on education, how we train them. Okay, so my next question to you is, uh, to change the system automatically, uh, we need, we will need to bring educational reforms. And uh, when we talk about education reform, there comes a triangular process, the involvement of students, teachers and the parents. So we can convince easily students and teachers. But the, the third uh, one, the parents, are a bit difficult to convince them. So can you please suggest some ways how can we convince them? So it, it comes back to the discussion of education. Everything sits around educating. We need to be educating the parents as much as we need to be educating the students. And so uh, we need to be working in a triangle between the teachers and the parents and the students. And a good way to do that is, is always having some communication tool that the parents can uh, see what's happening and be able to engage in the learning that's happening as well in the classroom. So I think closed from parents and they don't know what's happening in there, then they become skeptical of, uh, oh, what's going on? My students are not learning. I don't know what's happening. You need to open a pathway up between the, the parents and the classroom and so that the parents can be part of the learning journey as well, so that we're educating our parents as much as we're educating our students. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's difficult. True. It's not just the my. It it's it's not just the process. It's a it's a mindset. If just just for following us from so many years, so it will take years to to get changed. My next question to you is about my experience. I have talked to many school principals about uh, uh, implementing SDGs and human rights education into their courses. They're uh, a bit eager to implement it, but the teachers in turn find it a bit. They they find it like we have been given one more task. How can we encourage them to implement in class something out of the box, like infusing entrepreneurship, SDGs, human rights, and etc. So I have a question back to you. So I, I, I was over in India there several years ago and I worked in a, in a classroom uh, or with a school for two weeks. Yes. And it was very textbook heavy. So is it yes. still, is there still textbooks leading, uh, uh, leading the way in India as well? So because yeah. I think until, until we move beyond textbooks and um, we... Uh, and I understand in secondary school, we still need textbooks. There is a time and a place for textbooks. Don't get me wrong. But in the junior years, I think that we need to be opening up learning to be of a more creative and hands-on learning environment. And that's where we start seeing students um, opening up and the blending of the STGs into what they're doing. There's no textbook that tells us how to teach the SDGs. The SDGs are something that we need to be creative ourselves as teachers and be able to open up that, that discussion. And I think the first thing they can do is have those STGs hanging up in all their classrooms. You know, that's the first step. You know, if they're in the classrooms hanging up somewhere, teachers will start realising, oh, this is something we need to talk about. This is a conversation we need to have. And I think that is... My, my goal in life is to get those SGGs hanging up in every classroom because that is, that is the key. And you yourself would know if we've got our eyes on something, we're going yeah. to refer to it. If we don't see it, we can close off to it. So this, it needs to be visual so that people can see it and teachers then become warming to it. And then there needs to be some training around it as well. Principals need to be actually providing some teachers with some training. And the school that uh, I had a school, they brought me over for two weeks and I trained their teachers for two weeks. And it was the most amazing experience of my life. Um, I loved it. And um, we just, we did so much work in that two weeks and the teachers went away uh, so excited to try new technologies and new learning. So I think that... Uh, um, the principals need to excite their teachers about things too. Um, and and that's, that's tricky, but until somebody sometimes is told they have to do something, they're not going to do it. Yeah, you have posed a right point about Indian education system. But before that, I will surely advise schools to put SDGs poster in every classroom so that teachers can see it every day and and gain some inspiration to work on them uh, with students. 
so uh, my next question is that our system is especially indian ones our our system is based on exams teachers are teaching to, so that students can get good marks and students are studying to get good marks so we are far away uh, from understanding the real meaning of education so according to you what is the real meaning of education yep so we can't change everything in a day so Absolutely. it's a it, it's a slow pro you know at times it's a slow process but we can chip away at it step by step and i think the first thing as I, i've said several times today is that uh having conversations is the first place starting there there needs to be more talk in the classroom there needs to be an opportunity for students to have and i think that is that is really important just like what you're doing here into doing me today you are having a voice you are connecting my voice out to the world and between the two of us you are sharing your thoughts and your passion with somebody else and we need that more for students we need students to be uh sharing their experiences with us and to be having a voice and and i think that um that's where i love the tool flipgrid because every child gets to have they can share their voice and you know yeah. even if that's a start for for some schools just uh learning how to bring some video um videoing into their classrooms is because um the exams are right across the world exams are still there we all have to do do exams but i think that the way we teach the content is what needs to change we yes. need to be more creative with the way we teach the content and we need to be more open ended that students can learn in their own learning abilities in, in the way so some children are visual and they they need to create videos and things like that so uh, some children prefer to draw and be graphic and so we need to be opening that up a lot more to the learning styles of students yeah 100% right we will have to make classroom students friendly and your point remembered be a code uh, rome was not built in a day but the bricks were flattened every hour so it all inspires me to work for education and i i will one day i'll try to become an educator like you and bring a revolution in our education system and just connect this to the whole world very similar that is why i that's why i'm a teacher and that is what i want to do and what i will continue to do every day is do exactly what you are change the way education is seen around the world and hopefully we can partner some more and uh, this is not just the first time that we're connecting together sure so at last do you want to share something the listeners that i haven't asked you no i just i just want uh to say to everybody that um we we're, we're all in this together and so we need to come together as a team right across the world because it is through education that we can actually uh change the world and with all the children that we have out there and if we can all all the educ 
educators and learners can come together, one day we will be able to see um, our world in a peaceful place. But it takes education to get there. Greatly said, ma'am. And I would love to quote one saying at the end by Montessori. Uh, the school education must not uh, interf interfere in the student's outer school life. And if it do so, we need to introspect that where the mistake is. So I would love to thank you for joining us. And, and I assure that we will make this world better by global goals and human rights. Thank you so much, ma'am. It was an honor hosting you at the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.